0: And hello everyone. I'm John Ray on the price and value journey, and I am delighted to welcome Karen Nowicki. Karen is with Phoenix Business Radio X and Deep Impact Leadership Coaching and Consulting. And just a way of introducing Karen, what do you do if not only in your professional services practice, but in your life, trauma comes right out of the blue and drops right in your lap? And how do you hold it together and recover? And that's what we're going to be talking with Karen about today. Karen is a successful author, speaker. She has her own coaching practice. As I mentioned, the name of that practice is Deep Impact Leadership, Coaching, and Consulting. Karen's been an expert guest on regional television and radio shows. She's a regular contributor to uh, many print and online magazines, blogs uh, for, for both business and education. And where I intersect with her proudly (laughs) is that uh, she and I are colleagues in the Business Radio Network, Business Radio X Network. And uh, uh, Karen's the much smarter studio partner than I am. uh, But she runs the Phoenix Business Radio X Studio. um, And Karen Nowicki, it's uh, just a pleasure to have this time to chat.
1: I'm excited to spend time with you, John. We it's usually a quick text or a phone call. How are you doing this? What's going on here between either one of us? And we have yet to ever meet in person, but we've got to change that in 2023.
0: I look forward to that. Yeah, that's that's um um I want to correct that. So Let's put that on our list for 2023. I like that.
1: Yeah. Did I say 2022? Um, I think I meant 2023. If I said 22, I can't keep. Well,
0: up. <laughs> well let's get each other in the right year. I'm not sure I said right. the right <laughs> one. Yeah, right. But uh, right. But uh, I, I gave a little bit of an overview of you and your work. But uh, you, you like me, you have two different professional services businesses. So give everyone a little bit of overview of that work.
1: Sure. Uh, Again, thank you for having me be with you and your uh, listeners today or viewers. Uh, I have been referred to for years as the ultimate problem solver and solution finder. For the past 24 years, I've acquired advanced training and certifications in executive leadership, trauma integration, Tao healing, and then organizational and personal development. And it just made sense that while I was running my coaching practice, which you've mentioned a little bit, almost six years ago, to open Phoenix Business Radio X and run that alongside it. And I'll talk about why that was so important uh, in a moment. My greatest strength is the ability to help people understand what they need, what they want, and how to have that come together uh, on a consistent and daily basis. Um, Most of the time, it's telling people, you know, and showing them how to get out of their own way. (laughs) And I know the business of business as well as the business of people. And so let's Mm. face it, in the you know, in any business, we're always dealing with people. And so uh, it just made sense. Business Radio Wax was a wreath on my door and an opportunity for me to kind of elevate my exposure as a leader when it comes to personal and professional development. And um, I haven't ever looked back and and regretted the decision. It's been hard to run both businesses at times, especially these last couple of years, Uh, but, but I'm doing it and I've got the right team to help me now
0: yeah that's that's terrific. so uh, yeah, I'm curious for you, and we've talked a little bit about this, but for our listeners why 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 layer on business radio X specifically and that work among all the other things you could have done next to your coaching practice?
1: It's a great question. I think it's an important one for you and I when we encourage people to take on podcasting or b two b radio in their businesses because not everybody understands why at Business Radio X we do the things that we do it uh, or the way we do it. So uh, six years ago, I had sold a business and it gave me the leverage to hire a coach and think about how do I want my the next layer of my career to be. And also at the same time gave me the leverage to open an auto mechanic shop for my then husband. So um, I went to my coach and I said, I'm continue to work with professionals. These were attorneys, doctors, Um, successful entrepreneurs and business owners, typically highly visible in their industries and was coaching them at a very soulful, personal and professional level. And yet they weren't referring me like other people were, the general lay people. And, and I knew that I was making a huge difference in their lives because I was always the one they were texting saying, thank you. I finally solved that problem at work. I finally hired the right teammate. My husband or my wife and I are getting along better. I, I had you sit on my shoulder when I had those conversations. Like all those, all that acknowledgement told me that they were stepping into their life and leadership in an incredible way. And I got to be the the catalyst and the help to kind of either nudge or shove them into that, depending on what they needed. And yet they weren't referring to me. And so my coach said, "Well, go ask them. These are people that you've gone gotten to know, and and uh, they really care about you. And clearly, you're making a difference." Their feedback to me, John, was, "Well, why would I tell anybody? You're my best kept secret. Like you're my secret weapon." <laughs> and they weren't interested in telling me. And that was difficult for me to hear because at that time my coaching practice was referral only, Mm. which is a mistake. (laughs) Uh, but it's how I, it's how I built it. I didn't understand marketing and advertising and nor did I want to do it. And I really have never liked the sales part of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, I my coach challenged me to maybe consider a podcast. And at first I thought that was an awful idea. I quickly, within two hours of research, came around, uh, came across Business Radio X. And I could just tell that they were, or we are, doing things differently. It's about the story and shine the spotlight on someone else. So uh, I thought, I can do that. And within a week was in Atlantis, visiting with Stone and Lee, following them around and paying attention to what they're doing. And by the time I flew home about four days later, I had made the decision to open Phoenix Business Radio Wax so that I could show up among our leaders in the Metro Phoenix area have conversations about what's important to them their industries their verticals their decisions their initiatives and in exchange have an opportunity to get to know them at a really deep level and then in turn be able to say here's what I do outside of business radio x if you know anybody who's struggling mm-hmm. with you know personal growth or professional development or leadership or finances whatever it is you know have them have a conversation with me
0: you know it's amazing what you can do with a mic isn't it i mean <laughs> That's, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's terrific. Well, I want to get right into your story. Um, uh, Karen, or the reason we're doing this show in terms of the trauma that hit you and your now former husband, Mike, I want to, I want you to share whatever piece of that you want to share and how you want to share that story.
1: Yeah. Um, it's not an easy conversation to share and it's also not uh, very easy for people to listen to. Uh, back in 2019, uh, my then-husband attempted suicide and survived gunshot wound uh, through his head. Um, it was a total surprise to me as we kind of unra- we closed his auto shop and we unraveled the mystery of how did this all happen while he was lying in the tens- uh, trauma intensive care unit for the first month of his recovery. Um, I I come- came to see that there was addiction and gambling and just really a lot of mental health challenges that weren't as evident as they were. We had been together for 15 years, um, the love of my life. And um, I struggled to get up every day. <laughs> I struggled to help our then 12-year-old kind of make his way through it. I have two older kids as well who very, uh, very much loved and cared for Mike. And they were trying to make sense out of it. They were living out of the house, already adults. And um being so visible in our community already because I have had business radio X up and running for then almost two and a half years. And the way in which I show up in social media, even before this is that I'm kind of a, I'm visible. Here's, here are the situations, the struggles, the challenges that I go through. And, um, and I decided that I was going to tell the story while it was happening. That was a, I'll say a divine download. I woke up one morning Mm. and the, what was on my heart and in my head was, you will tell this story as it's happening. And I thought, oh, you can't ask me to do that. I was in trauma. I was in crisis. I wanted to just pull the sheets over my head and just disappear. And yet the next thought that I heard was, I've prepared you your whole life for this. And I thought, well, that's a crappy way of being. (laughs) (laughs) Who would ever, or what, why would that ever be part of my story that because I pride myself on knowing people so well and helping people and getting really clear about soulful self-reliance and deep impact leadership, how could I end up with a partner who went to bed with me every night that was the love of my life, end up wanting to take his own life? So long story short, uh, Mike and I are no longer together. He, He wasn't willing to or wasn't capable of, I think is more appor- more appropriate to say, uh, to do the work it required to be a healthy whole unit between he and I and then, of course, our son. And it just made more sense um, safety-wise, mentally, physically, emotionally, for Ivan and I to be on our own. I do know that he is now with his family in a different state. Um, they've chosen not to have anything to do with us, uh, which is heartbreaking. And at the same time, I continue to recover from that, all the Mm. while keeping both businesses open and being very vocal about my own mental health journey throughout this chaos and trauma and that of my sons.
0: Wow. So a lot there. Let's talk about the processing, the idea that all this was going on with your life partner and you had no idea. I mean, in terms of just the mental health struggles and um and then the the financial issues and other issues that you talked about that were going on how did you how did you process just getting hit by this out of the blue?
1: I would like to say. Uh... People will tell me that I processed it really well. And my first reaction is no, no, I didn't. When we fall into trauma or chaos, we go into the fight, flight, or freeze or fawn mode. And mm-hmm. we're now using a different part of our brain just for survival. So a lot of it really, John, is a blur. <laughs> Even though I was writing daily on our caring bridge page and then, of course, on, on social media, it was really a therapeutic opportunity for me to try to make sense out of everything, Um Mike and I were both building our businesses at the same time. Phoenix Business Radio X was brand new. So was his auto shop. And one business alone for a family is difficult in those early startup days. You and I both know that. Let it mm-hmm. alone two. So while I felt like we were grounded and corrected, or excuse me, grounded and connected, um, he had his set of challenges and expenses, and I had mine. And um, so I was, I I knew he wasn't feeling well physically, I was oblivious to, because he wasn't willing to share it, what was going on mentally. And I think that's the most important call out here for our listeners and our viewers. Mm -hmm. Not everybody, one, knows when they're struggling mental health-wise. And even if they do, there's so much stigma and so much fear about saying to somebody, I am not well, (laughs) I am not doing well, and I need help. So it's one thing to, to, you know, like for suicide prevention month, and even just mental health awareness, we always say, I'm there for you. Uh, you know, be, be on the lookout for clues and that sort of stuff. And I will tell you, um, I think we are very good at hiding that stuff, which is part of why I've told my story so voc- vocally and so visibly, because my story is no longer Mike's story, nor was it even when it was happening. I had to deal with my own mental health. Mm and And so, I just got really good about asking for help and and being very candid. I feel like crap right now, or I don't even know which way is up mm-hmm. and always continue to have faith that and I said to you earlier today before we uh, got on the the interview that the universe always has my back, and I believe that for all of us. if we can hold on to hope, we can get through anything and i and I always knew that that at some point I'd be beyond that threshold of chaos and craziness and be Fortunately, where I am today, even though the fog has just finally lifted, the last couple months.
0: Well, let, let's. I want to dive into that a little more. The universe has my back. What what are, what are the beliefs that underlie that statement that you have?
1: It for me, it's it's faith based. I, I don't um, attend a church any longer. I grew up Catholic and and um, have always been a very soulful, spiritual person, very led by um, a belief in a higher power. And even though life has proven to give me challenge after challenge, um, business and career and (laughs) marriages and even, you know, challenges with kids and health and all that stuff, I continue to give that over to a higher power. And when I say the universe has got my back, I don't know that it matters what faith we have or if we have any faith, as long as we believe that there is something better on the other side of a challenge. And so every time I have a challenge, small, medium, or large, I just know that where's the growth, where can I learn more about me, learn more about me and how I show up in the world that I can take into this next iteration of where I'm going after this stuff is behind me.
0: Okay. So you decided when all this happened with Mike, you decided pretty quickly that your response needed to be journaling sharing what you had to, and and we're not talking about private journaling, right? I mean, we're talking really about online journaling, right? You can explain more about what I mean by that. But what was the genesis of that decision?
1: Again, I will tell you that it wasn't my decision. I know that might sound crazy, but in my meditation practice and my, the way in which I just am very soulfully self-reliant, uh, I listen very deeply to what my soul needs and and how I'm supposed to show up in the world. So I know that gets a little bit woo, but there you go. <laughs> so very early on, within you know within three or four days, again I woke up and I just knew that I was being called from a higher place to journal and share uh, publicly what was going on for me, um, and it was a survival. Mode. My son said it recently that it was a way for me to survive and thrive versus a way for me to storytell and get attention. It doesn't fit with everybody's narrative. You know, there's a handful of people, Mike's family included, thinks I did it for attention and did it um, just to further my career. I would, if that were that, I literally would have kept the sheet over my head, locked, put, put a padlock on the door, and said, I, I'm done, I'm out. Um, right. And so Um, I asked three friends to read every entry that I wrote for Caring Bridge that, again, was repeated on social media so that they could look at it through three layers. One, am I taking care of myself in this? Are you reading it to where you can hear that this really is me trying to find my way through the chaos and and make understanding of, of what's happening to the degree that I can? Two, is it being respectful of Mike and his family and his journey? Because at the time, while I wanted us to be together forever, that was the plan, i never would have guessed that it would not have turned out that way. And yet I knew that at some point he would likely be in a position to be aware that I told the story as it was happening. So was I respectful to him and his family and his journey? And then the third piece was if there could be a nugget for other people who are watching and listening and reading, um, is that opportunity there for someone to have a takeaway? So all but I think one journal over the course of probably nine months journal entries, was there ever a sentence that came back and and my very best friend, Julie, came back and said, you know, this is the only sentence that I'm not sure where you're coming from on this. It sounds like more like ego than anything else. Can you reword it or pull it out? And with, with that, I did. That was the only time, the rest of the time it was, oh my gosh, Karen, like This is what I'm getting from it. And I know this is going to make a difference. And I can hear you getting better and healing as you go through this. So um, uh, less of a decision, John, and more of a calling, which I think, again, our viewers and our listeners for this particular show, if they're entrepreneurs and business owners, even Mm -hmm. solopreneurs, we don't come into our businesses uh, lightly. We come into it, I think, oftentimes because we have a calling to do something that's bigger than us.
0: Right. Yeah, for sure and now this is the part of the story that i'm not sure that i've heard before um that you had uh three trusted friends that knew you quite well that re- that um they, they they sound checked it right? i guess maybe yeah, is the exactly. word right <laughs> yeah they they sound checked to make sure that the uh, that the Karen they knew was speaking yep
1: that, this
0: that's- was well
1: that and this was well before any of the immediate family started um, attacking and and wanting to manage what I was saying and would Mm -hmm. rather have me uh, be quiet. (laughs) I I just knew that um, I was fairly visible in our community anyway already. I'd already talked about postpartum depression when my kids were younger and changing careers and you know, what is it like to be fairly visible and that sort of stuff? You know, getting older, <laughs> those kinds of things, um, even body image and and um, those choices um, mm-hmm. and how how I can grow to love myself more. So knowing that I had already been through all that and sharing in that way, I knew I needed to have people, not fact check, but just sound, you know, sound check and, and make sure that I was doing it from a place of first, caring for myself, second, being respectful of Mike and his journey, wherever that would take him. And third, can people hear it from a place of what's in it for me? And and it, it's proven to be um, one of the most amazing things I've ever done. I hear still from people three years later how much I've changed their life or the lives of their loved ones. I would say there's easily, and this is, I think only firefighters and and medical professionals get to say this. I know there are at least eight people whose lives I've helped save because they either read or someone read to them the accounting of what I was going through as a dear casualty of somebody who wanted to leave this earth before their time.
0: Uh, I would love it, Karen, if you would share you know and one one of those is an example. you don't obviously we're not going to mention names or anything like that any identifiers, but if you could just share an example of one of those stories.
1: I can. Um, so uh, we're here in Arizona. I had a high school friend reach out through Facebook and mentioned that she was going to be in town. This has been, oh, probably a year and a half ago. And would, would I be open to coffee? And we don't know each other well. We see each other at reunions and of course on social media, thumbs up or a little like this, like that. And I said, I, I'd love that. And um, so I waited at the coffee shop for her to arrive maybe three or four minutes early. And as she's walking from the parking lot, we smiled at each other. And as she's getting closer, I watch her face change and she starts to get teary eyed. And I was not prepared for that. Mm. We gave each other a big hug. And she said, I'm so grateful that you're sitting down and meeting with me. I need to tell you how much you've impacted my life and the life of my fiance. Now, we're not spring chickens. We're celebrating our 40th high school reunion this year. So we're in our late 50s. And so um, this is somebody that I knew as a young young girl, right, and have seen at reunions. And She's in a relationship now. I believe they're engaged, maybe even married now, um, a couple years after we met over coffee. And she said that her then partner was struggling with mental health, depression, suicidal ideation. And as she read what I was sharing, being his beloved partner, it was ripping her apart that 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 could be her. And she didn't know Mm -hmm. how to, to handle it. Well, he was unwilling at the time to get professional help, and so she started reading these entries to him aloud. And I don't know how soon, but I think within four or five entries, he ended up agreeing to go get professional help by himself and also couples counseling for the two of them. And and she said, "I just knew I I the this the, the um, anguish and the difficulty that I was." sitting in, not having a clue what happened, not having known how to help and having a partner who refused to get help and, and, you know, until it was too late. And even now not getting the help. Um, She just knew that she had to share that. So that's, I hope that's kind of the example that you're.
0: Wow. That's, that is, that's just, that's tremendous. And, and there's no telling what has happened without you even knowing about it. And this is just what you know about in terms of the people that you have impacted by sharing your story. So um, truly authentically.
1: Yes, (laughs) there was no other choice. Uh, And now it's interesting. So now I'm, again, I'm, uh, I'm beyond it. We have not been uh, married for over a year and a half now. And I want to continue to be a beacon of light for people and it has to be authentic. So I'm just kind of looking for like, you know, what's happening in my life that I can continue sharing that you alluded to this. um, There was, catastrophic financial loss uh, that I was not even aware of had already taken place. And so I, even though I'm 58 years old, it's like I'm 23 years old starting over again and keeping both businesses afloat. I'm so grateful for the community um, providing some financial support when we were in the midst of the chaos. Mm -hmm. I have a very dear friend who recently invested in my business so that I could get to the next level uh, with teammates and that sort of thing. Um, And uh, yeah, I just, I'm very Feel very grateful that I've been willing to get out of my own way and also share that part of of the story to help other business owners and individuals who, again, sometimes we think that we're the only person. I I always say people think that they're terminally unique and we're not. We're all we're all looking for um, validation that we're okay and that we're enough and um, that we can contribute in some way. We're all designed fairly similarly, whether we're an introvert or an extrovert or anywhere in between. Um, we just want to know that that we're here for a reason.
0: You know, uh, since you brought up introvert and extrovert, we were talking about this before we came on. So, you know, the typical listener of this series is a solo and small professional services practitioner, most of whom are introverts, um, as a general proposition. And I can hear the introverts saying, "I can't believe that Karen shared what she shared." Uh, You know how? What do you say to somebody that is thinking that and thinking there? I'm a private person, and I just there's no way I could do what you've done, Karen.
1: Well, stay private. (laughs) I I realize that that is one of my unique. I don't know what it is called—a curse or a blessing. One of the unique gifts that I bring to this world is the ability to tell people how I'm feeling as it's happening, uh, and not everybody can do that publicly. However, uh, it's important to share your story with someone, uh, and. When people are fortunate to be in relationships, marriages, or long-term friendships, where they can really uh, show up authentically as who they are and let someone know when they're struggling and challenged and they've got the right support structure, that's great.
0: So, yeah, yeah, and I think this gets to, um, I I don't want to make this uh, into something that's a little crass, like personal brand, but I think people hear that and they hear authenticity and showing you know, uh, showing up, uh, but they're showing up as the, I'll call it the made up you they're showing up as the real you. And I mean, the capital R real you, that's what you did.
1: Yeah. And there's a way to do that. No matter who you are, Mm -hmm. this is not about airing your dirty laundry just so just to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, just speaking authentically from a place of some of the challenges, whether it be business or raising children or moving to a new location or the next level in your business, whether you're introvert or extrovert, I, I don't think that matters. Um, as leaders, we're called to show up authentically, and everyone has their own pace and cadence for that. I don't that's one of the neatest things that you and I can offer with Business Radio X, right? Our story matters. And right. people want to hear what we've been through. What challenges do we have? What hurdles did we have to overcome? When did you think you're gonna quit and give up? And and what got you through that to, to be where you are today? What's the next Challenge that you're faced with right now, going into 2023, those answer those answers can be um, from the cuff and they can be from the heart, and and I think that's one of the greatest things that Business Radiox has to offer people. Um, and with the work that you do, John, with your clients, people need to get out of their own way, myself included. So I have coaches and guides when it comes to sales, when it comes to marketing and advertising. I mentioned that early on; those are areas that I'm not. I'm not well equipped at and good at and yet I I show up because I'm listening and I'm learning and I'm paying attention to the people who do it better than I can and they're helping me learn how to do it for me in a way that it feels real and authentic to me.
0: So let, let's talk about if briefly if we can the just the whole idea of you obviously had to hold yourself together the your relationships together, your your um children as they navigated um this uh trauma that that was was came out of the blue for them as well. So but let's talk about your businesses and just how you held it together because you've got to show up for clients and you've got right and you're a coach and and you've got to you've got to bring something for that client that's sitting in front of you with their own issues that may, may have nothing to do with what you're dealing with. And how did you do that?
1: Uh, grateful that I had a couple different uh, income streams. So I think that's important when we, when we look at it from that perspective, but we're relying only on one Avenue of income and it's and it solely dependent on us, uh, we're in trouble. I was fortunate that I could uh, very quickly hire someone to run the studio for me. And with very little direction, she took it over for me. Um, so that part of my business was handled. I did step away from the intimate coaching for a little bit of time because I was no good for anybody. So being mm-hmm. able to admit when I needed to step away. And again, grateful that I had this other business running so that mm-hmm. there was still the income. As far as working with clients, both here at Business Radio X and in my coaching practice, I had already built enough strong enough relationships uh, just in, in caring for people deeply and giving them permission to care for me back that when I was ready to come back into the fold full force, I could simply make those calls and send an email and say, hey, listen, I'm ready. Here's the kind of clients that I enjoy working with. If you're ready to come back and work with me, I'd love that. If not, if you'll be a referral source for me. So I think the theme for both of my businesses is when we care deeply for people and we allow people to care deeply for us, the universe works on our behalf. Things will come our way when we know that we are really a force for good.
0: You know, it strikes me as I'm I'm listening to you talk, uh, Karen, and Again, I'm getting back to just what you decided to share. I mean, you did that as as your own personal source of healing. Mm-hmm. Um, it strikes me how generous that is because you you could have kept all that to yourself. You could have written what you wrote, passed it along to your three close friends, let them look at it, and just deep sixed it. Right? I mean, you and kept it private. Um, but there was a mission to what you were doing, and it it was an act of pure generosity. it seems like to me because you were willing to take whatever came your way in the, terms of the consequences of doing that, which were for you were severe.
1: It's very sweet of you to say I don't think I've ever heard anybody refer to it as generous, so thank you it makes me a little overwhelmed mm. <laughs> um it was a survival mechanism, Mm. not something I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I wanted to be like the rest of the world on, on social media and, and who's visible and, you know, just the highlight reel. (laughs) And, um, and unfortunately I didn't get to share that. So um, it was a survival technique. Uh, It was the only one that I had available to me and I just listened. And I think, When we're being called to do anything in our life, business or personally, and we have that, I'll call it a nagging voice in the back of our head. Mine sometimes sounds like a nag, (laughs) a nag or a nudge. Uh, I've just learned in my life that it's those, it's that voice and that nudge or that nag that's constantly humming in the background that I've got to pay attention to and again I have to just trust that I'm going to find my way through why it is that we do the things that we're called to do and I, and I love that you've you've shared that it felt generous that's it makes me feel very uh, hopeful and appreciative that that you're paying attention
0: <laughs> well thank you well yeah, well see there's a difference to me between help trying to help people Because sometimes help has strings, right? I mean, and it it can come back in ways that maybe we don't acknowledge, but it comes back in ways to benefit us. But when you're doing what you were doing, knowing that you likely would suffer in some way from it, and you did, um, then that really gets beyond help into generosity. And that's why I say that.
1: And my business radio X family or our business radio X family was there for me every step of the way, <laughs> uh, all of you. Uh, and, yeah. you know, we were fairly new in relationship. I'd only had the studio, I want to say, for what, a year and a half, maybe two years. And again, yeah. at a great distance, right? I'm, I'm way over here in the Southwest and you guys are all in the Atlanta area. Uh, we've grown a lot since then as a mm-hmm. team, and um, I never felt like there was a time that I couldn't pick up the phone or, or you know, text or email and say, I need some help. And um, I didn't have to rely on that very often. But when I did, everybody rose to the occasion, which again, for our listeners, for this particular group of people who might be interested in, in a conversation like this, even though you are a solopreneur and you are at the helm Bring people in your life. Invite people in your life. The coach, the guide, the mentor, possibly a partner. Um, certainly your clients and your customers. You know, find the win-win-win for everybody, all the stakeholders, so that um, again, it's a richer and more viable experience, and it, it'll it'll have legs.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's really what you're talking. One aspect of what you're talking about is digging the well before you're thirsty, right? I mean, you had that support structure before this happened. And when it happened, you, you were, you were ready. You had prepared.
1: I have a friend who just had a 20 pound tumor removed from her stomach. Uh, we're not, we're hoping that it's not cancer. It doesn't look like it's going to be. And Mm -hmm. I just went and visited her on Sunday. Also a business owner, a longtime solopreneur. now she has a team of 20 people on her team, which is amazing. And she said just that, John, she said, I had no idea how the community and people in my life would respond when I needed help and I was laid up. And I'm so grateful that I built a business that didn't rely just on me, that I got smart a couple of years ago and started building it so that more stakeholders could benefit and profit and we could help more people. And very different situation for me. But she said the exact same thing, like, I am so overwhelmed by the amount of love and support and outpouring, um, for people just being a champion of me. And she says, I I can't help but wonder why. And we both laughed at each other and said, well, it's because you show up that way for other people and Mm -hmm. that's truly who you are. So yes, love the way that you put that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Shout out to her and her healing, um, for sure. So one of the things that has stood out to me recently, speaking of uh things we post on social media, is you've been using this hashtag I want to know about. So it's trauma informed workplace. Now, what do you mean by that? What does that term mean? And are is that looking ahead toward trauma that might occur? Is it looking backward? What what are we talking about there, Karen?
1: So it's not my term, right? I didn't make it up. A lot of people use it, especially uh, now that COVID has been something that's really knocked us all off of our A game. Uh, and I come at trauma-informed workplaces a little bit different. A lot of folks will go into companies, enterprises, medium-sized, small businesses, you know, uh, public education, wherever, and they will have hour-long talks, sometimes half-day seminars, even three or four days certification programs around how to be aware of where trauma might be impacting the way we show up in our life and businesses. That's all well and fine. I would say that's layer one. Let's be aware that trauma is part of What's happening in the background all the time? So the angry executive or the pissed off client or the employee who doesn't show up for work day after day or they're there, but they're not really high functioning. It's Mm -hmm. likely that something traumatic has happened either recently or from the past. That they haven't dealt with. And in, in the work that I do with clients, I help people get the shock out of their body in a variety of different ways, but the body keeps score. And if we don't clear the shock out of our body, um, it will inform our decisions, and we're still in fight, flight, or freeze, or fawn moan. And fawn is maybe a new word for a lot of people. Fawn is where I'm over care, an over caregiver, and I'm taking care of you know everything but myself. That'd be fawning and kind of grappling for the attention and needing the the um, visibility. Mm-hmm. So layer one is let's just be aware of what trauma is, how it impacts our brain, and how it shows up in conflict. And let's make sure that as a trauma-informed workplace, we have a way to handle that and deal with that culture-wise and team-wise. That's all well and fine. And then this next layer that I work with, with individuals and business owners that come to my practice and work with me, it's let's, let's have you heal your trauma and reintegrate it so that... Your decisions, the way you show up in your marriage, your friendships, your business, your leadership, the way, in which, uh, the way in which you work with your stakeholders, you're standing in the present moment with all your faculties about you. You're aware that you have a past. Some of it may have been kind of sucky. Some of it may have been great. But the decisions you're making today are in alignment with who you are today. And you're not having to look over your shoulder out of a reaction or response. No, it's a long-winded answer, but there are, um, there's a lot to trauma, and I think we're finally starting to have conversations about it so that we can be there at a higher level for each other and, most importantly, for ourselves.
0: Yeah, th- and that, that shows up differently, as you said, differently for, for, for each of us, and mm-hmm. the question is having conversation and being open about that and creating an environment where people can be open.
1: It's safe. Right. And we're talking about trauma. There's personal trauma. There's also historical trauma. There's legacy trauma, familial, Mm -hmm. family trauma. Right. And we all carry a little bit of that with us without even knowing it. So we've got to come to better understand how does that come and show up in our communication or our lack of communication and how can we have compassion, respect and autonomy with each other.
0: So, Karen, you've been really generous generous with your time, and you're busy. You got you got a lot going on. So, I know, Daryl, really, my
1: producer, just walked by the window and was going to come in to get ready for our show, and he's like, "Oops, I can't go in there yet."
0: Yeah, yeah He's like, "Hey, we got other things to do here, right?" But um, but before we let you go, though, I would love it if you maybe is could share one final takeaway. You know, as listeners absorb your story, you know, what should they hold on to from your story that could help them in their their personal lives and in their business life?
1: So, word a couple of times or that phrase a couple of times, and you just said it to me as you're kind of handing this for my final word, everybody's story matters. Therefore, your story matters like you're lacking or you deficit. Those are just stories that you tell yourself that you can change your story, right? Our stories and our past matter and they don't have to be um, fully define us. So take care of yourself, mental health, physical health, uh, health, Self care, all of that is not underrated. (laughs) And it's not just going to a spa once a month or getting your, you know, manicure, pedicure, um, or going to see your chiropractor or once a year checkup. It is daily practices that help you become the best version of you so that when you look in the mirror every day, you like the person that you see looking back at you. And that filters into every aspect of your life, most particularly those of us who are solopreneurs and entrepreneurs and business owners. We've got to get that together or we're going to find ourselves struggling when it comes to financial well-being and the success of our businesses
0: and folks if you need help with that i know a coach that can help you so (laughs) uh so that gets us to the most important question maybe which is how folks can get in touch with you karen that would like to know more uh maybe about your coaching practice but just maybe they've got to download their own trauma around around uh you know, suicide,
1: Absolutely. Would love to help. And even if just a conversation, if we're not a right fit for each other, I can refer you to other people. Uh, I do see people here in person in the Metro Phoenix area. And I also have just as many clients, actually, maybe even more, that uh, we do FaceTime or Zoom uh, from the comfort of their office, their home. So happy to be of support. I am on LinkedIn, Karen Nowicki, or Phoenix Business Radio X. I am just now finally working on a website for Deep Impact Leadership. So the best way to reach out to me right now is through LinkedIn or um, my, my email address is Karen karennowicki2007 at gmail.com if you want to reach out personally or reach out to John and, and he'll direct you to me and we'll have a conversation just a discovery and and see where I can best support you if I am the right person for that.
0: Terrific. Karen Nowicki, wow, I, I'm just honored to have you as a friend and thank you so much for your great work and and how you are helping people in 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 such a generous way. Thank you.
1: Mm, you're welcome, John. Thank you for letting me share this time with you.
0: Absolutely. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder as we wrap up here. Um, PriceValueJourney.com is where you can find out more on this series. You can find a show archive, uh, uh, link to the show archive. And you can also sign up to get more information on my upcoming book coming out this summer called the price and value journey, uh, ironically enough. And, uh, it's raising your confidence, your value and your pricing using the generosity mindset method. So if you want to know more about that, um, you can sign up for updates on when that's coming. And, uh, with that, thanks again to Karen Nowicki for joining us. I'm John Ray on the price and value journey.